Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. How many need a word from the Lord this morning? Amen. I'll tell you what, uh, yesterday morning, you know, we, we, we hear all day yesterday what's going on with Israel. And uh, how many know that when the devil attacks, the devil's got to look out? Amen? The devil has to look out. Because let me tell you something. Israel is not just a nation. Israel is not just a country. And I'm not going to get political with you this morning. I promise you that. I'm not preaching to the Republicans or the Democrats, even, even though they all need Jesus. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, when you mess with Israel, you're messing with God. That is God's very special. Those are his chosen people. Hallelujah. The Jewish people. I'm telling you something. They got to turn to God. Amen. And I believe that through this, a lot of Jews are going to turn to God. Amen. But, but at the same time, there's going to be wrath. God is a God of wrath. And there's going to be some things happening here in the next few days that it's going to blow a lot of our minds. Amen. So, but don't focus on that this morning. I want you to focus on you having power, you having authority over the devil. Amen. You know, a lot of Christians in life, they go through life and they, they suffer in a lot of different ways because they don't understand and realize that they do have authority in God. It's like, you know, we're like one of those machines that, you know, those little things pop up and you have that hammer in your hand and you're just beating it to death. I'll be honest with me. Have you ever felt like that in your life? Amen. Sarah, I'm with you. I believe the same. I mean, I'm, sometimes, you know, especially when I was younger now, I'm wiser and, you know, God's really shown me a lot of things and I've gotten a lot of discipline in my life. And how I many know discipline is good? Amen. And I've gotten a lot of that in my life, and it's, it's taught me a few things, got a few gray hairs out of it, but I believe that's wisdom. Hallelujah. And I believe that God is changing me, and um, it's probably a good thing because I need a lot of change. Hallelujah. But I do know that the devil's real. I know his plan is to, to kill, steal, and destroy. Amen. It's to take us out. It's to change the atmosphere in our lives. Because, you know, Christians aren't supposed to come to church weaned on, on a dill pickle. You know, we're not supposed to come here and have this look and like we're always in trouble and, you know, I'm looking for the next guy to get. And we're supposed to have a smile on our faces and we're supposed to have the joy of the Lord in our life. There has to be a, an evidence of, of God that he's done something in our life and, and, and that we're excited about it. Hallelujah. And that's why I get excited when I preach. You know, I, I, I'm a little bit uh, fanatical when I preach. I like to get a little out of control. I don't have control of that. I promise you that. Or I would stand here and just preach to you, but I can't do it. Amen? It's not in me. I want to minister for just a few moments this morning. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open those up to Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. You put the title of the message up, if you would, please. I want to minister on defending the walls. And what I mean by this is I want you to take, uh, take this title, this wall, this picture here, and I want, to put, I want you to put a picture of a superhero right in front of that wall. And the superhero's not coming out of that hole, but he's standing in front of it, and he's defending the walls. And I want you to think for just a moment as you being that superhero. Amen? Even though you don't probably feel like a superhero, I don't feel like one. And I know that at times, uh, you know, the devil has me down, and I have to overcome some things in life. But I, I, I want to think of it as I'm the superhero that God has called to stand in a firm place where I can defend and fight for my family, fight for my country, fight for everything that I believe in. Amen? I want to minister out of Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14. Let's read that. It says, then as I looked over the situation, I called together the, the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. 
I want to stop right there for just a second. You know, I think, I honestly think that the problem with a lot of Christians in today's world is we're afraid of the enemy. I'm not going to say we because I'm not afraid of the enemy. But I think a lot of Christians are afraid of the enemy. They're afraid of the devil. They're afraid of, 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 of the circumstance. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of things coming against them. They're afraid of what's about to happen. Or, or, you know, you're worried about the end times and you're worried about, listen, if you're serving God and you're standing strong with God, you, listen, you have a right to fight. You have a right to stand up and, and, and stand up for what you believe and, and be encouraged about it. Amen. So it says that call together the nobles and the rest of the people. And he said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons. Fight for your brothers and, and your sons and your daughters and your wives. And, and that doesn't mean two or three wives, amen. That just means your wife or your husband. Fight for your home. And that's what I want us to look at this morning as we look at this, this, uh, this uh, title, as, as the title of the message, uh, is, is you standing in front of your home. You being that man or that woman in your life that stands <laughs> before, uh, you know, before the devil can attack your children and attack your family, attack your marriage, uh, attack your home, that the devil's going to come after you first, but you're going to be strong enough to handle it. You say, well, I'm a single mother and I'm raising my kids. Well, glory to God. Then you're the superhero that God has uh, that he's going to use and he's going to do a mighty thing through you. Hallelujah. We have to strengthen ourselves in God. We cannot just look at all the problems and trials that go on in life and expect that those things are going to make us better. Yes, they help us to grow. They help us to overcome. They help us to get through things. But God wants us to be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. He wants us to overcome in these areas. You see, the devil, he will do anything he can in his power to destroy our families. He'll do anything he can to tear down the walls of, of spiritual protection around our homes and our families. You know, when we send our kids off to school, we say, I plead the blood of Jesus around these kids, that the angels of the Lord would encamp themselves uh, around these kids, and, and Lord, that you'd protect these children as they go. We never sent ours to, to school, but we've prayed for people that do. Amen? You send them out there. You're sending them into a wicked place where who knows what's being taught out there? Who knows what's going on? You say, well, I'm a parent. I know exactly what's going on in schools. But guess what? The truth is we don't have a say-so when it comes to the public school system. Unless we rise up and make, make a stance and say, hey, this is what I believe and this is what I'm going to stand for. Amen? And I understand there's moms and dads that have to work and they're carrying two jobs, but I'm not going to get sidetracked on that because I could go there and I could really preach a good sermon on that one too, but I'm not going to do that. But we have to send our kids to places where we don't know what's about to happen. We don't know what's about to be taught or spoken into their lives, and we have to just trust in the Lord. We have to know that, as Pastor said last week, that, that we're raising them right in the home so that when they're at church or when they're out and about, uh, that they are going to make it and be successful in the things. Thank you, brother, so much. And that they're going to overcome because the devil's out there to attack them. The devil's out there to get them. Listen, preaching two times in a Sunday is rough, amen? Especially when you're a holler like I am. My wife says, well, just quit hollering. I said, I can't help it. Praise God. So as a father, you know, I have four kids, and my kids have grown up a little bit. My youngest is uh, 18, 19 years old. And, and you know, it, it's, it's different for me because they've already experienced. 
they're going through life, and now they're getting ready to hit the real world, and some of them are already there. But, you know, it bothers me as a father of four children to understand and to even know what's going to happen with our next generation. It bothers me. It hurts me to see, to see what's going on in this world today. We must stand up uh, and we must fight against the devil. Because we see the devil, he's getting into areas of their lives, in our lives as well. And, and, and it's not like it was when we were kids. You know, my grandfather, I told the story this morning, he would walk and he would walk straight forward. He would look around, but he was always facing forward. My grandfather, I never seen my grandfather running from trouble. He was strong. There was something about their day and their time, uh, the way they were taught and the way they suffered and the way they went through things where, you know, they just knew that, hey, if I just keep going forward, I'm going to find the pot of gold. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find the blessing of the Lord that, that is before me. And my grandfather wasn't even saved. My grandfather, he would talk good about God, but he would never confess or, or profess him as his Lord and his Savior. But I got the opportunity one day when he was, he was getting older and he was dying, and I, I confronted him. I said, let me tell you something. And this is what I'm talking about today. Many people are afraid to confront. Many people are afraid to say, hey, you know what? There's a problem. Sin is evident. I can tell that there's something going on in a life. And I said to my grandfather, I said, I've never heard you say that you're saved and that you're going to heaven. I said, and for selfish reasons, I want to know, are you saved? You know what he told me? He said, I've never asked him into my heart. I said, well, glory to God. I said, today's the day of salvation. I said, today's the day you're going to give the Lord your life today. He, I said, are you willing to give him your life? He said, yes, I want to pray. I prayed the sinner's prayer. My dad for years, you know, he's, and, and this was my my, 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 my mother got married in the church. So my, steps, my stepdad's dad, I don't call him my stepdad, I call him my dad. He raised me. I love him. He, you know, he, we, we went through trials and we went through troubles. Raising, raising a stepchild is not easy. And, and I'm telling you, especially where I came from. But he loved me and his dad, he loved us. He took me and my older brother in as street kids and he loved us like a grandfather. I don't know. I don't, I've never really had grandparents in my life other than him and his wife. And they were the greatest to us. They put us above everything. We were always the oldest ones because, you know, we, my mom married him. And, and so anyways, he treated us so well. And I, and I really thought he was, my, he was my real grandfather. And I took it to heart. And I wanted to know, Grandpa, are you saved? I called him Gramps. Are you saved? He says, no. He says, but I do want to get saved. And I prayed the sinner's prayer with him. And I went back to my dad. And I said, he said, I've never heard my dad pray the prayer. I says, no. I says, but I did. I prayed it with him. He gave his life to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There was a peace in my dad's heart. To know that his dad accepted Jesus. You see, we go through life trying to do everything right and trying to work so hard for the Lord and trying to do this, trying to do that. When all God says is, call upon my name. Surrender yourself unto me. Amen. That's what we have to do today. My grandpa would walk forward. I remember a time we were out in his little garage. It was a detached garage down by the, in the yard way out there. And, and we're walking. And, and you know, he, he walks into this garage. We're in there. My brother and I are taking the tires off to change the brakes on the car. And he walks by us. And as he's walking by us, he walks fast. And he comes backwards like this. And he's still looking forward. But he takes two steps back, grabs a shovel, and just keeps walking forward. We're thinking, well, that was strange. One of us is going to get it. We thought for sure we were in trouble. Grandpa's coming after us with a shovel. Because there were some altercations. There were some hard times because we were such ornery kids. But there was a snake, a rattlesnake, coiled up in the corner that we didn't even know was there. My grandpa walked in. He had backed up, grabbed the shovel, kept walking, chopped the head off of that snake, threw the shovel on the ground, and kept on working on the brakes with us. 
Never even fazed him that the enemy was there to destroy, to kill, to come in and intercept what God was trying to do in raising two grandkids and teaching us how to work on a car. You see what the devil can do? The devil could put a snake in your way. The devil, listen, there's slithering snakes. Matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, there's a snake under some of y'all's bed in this place today, and you don't even know it. And that's a sermon of its own, to be honest with you. But the snake is slithering. The snake is coming after you because he knows uh, your weakness. He knows uh, where, where you're at in your life with God. He knows uh, who you are with God. Uh, he knows if you have power to tread over serpents and scorpions. He knows, uh, listen, the devil is very smart. His plans are smart. Matter of fact, he has a schematic uh, that he's put together that he's coming after you with because he knows your every single move. He knows your actions. He knows how you live your life. And I want to ask you something. What kind of nation will be left for our future generation today? What kind of nation? You know what? These kids are running rampant out there in this world today. If you don't believe me, just go downtown Denton, Texas. You go down there, and I'm going to tell you what. You could preach until you're blue in the face, and they're going to spit in your face. They're going to yell at you. But somebody might give their life to Jesus. It's worth the pain. Hallelujah. It's worth the trouble. It's worth the time. It's worth the money. It's worth everything that we can give to confront sin and call it what it is. But if we're not willing to do that, how can we make a change in this world? Are we going to settle for a place where the slaughter of millions and millions of unborn children is accepted? Are we going to accept that in our life? Are we, going to, are we going to accept it when the government says, hey, you cannot go downtown and preach every other Thursday like you're doing anymore. We're going to take the microphones away from you. You're not allowed to do it or we're throwing you in jail. Are we going to stand for that? Are we going to accept that? Are we going to accept our children going to schools and being told that they can be a boy or a girl, whatever they want to be, even though they are a boy or they are a girl? When are the parents going to rise up? No, we're so worried about, oh, I got to pay my bills. I got to go get a job. I have to work. How many times have we heard that? Well, we got to work. We got to send our kids to public school. Let me tell you something. If you know for a fact that something is going on in your school, you ought to be the person to stand up and say something. Amen? And if you don't want to do it, come tell me. I'll go do it. I will go to your school. I will go and I will talk to them and I'll get kicked out and I'll get thrown in jail, but they're going to hear the truth. Glory to God. I'm not going to go in disrespectful. I'm not going to go in hitting people and pushing people around. I've already learned my lesson that way. I've learned the wrong ways in trying to mess with people. Amen? I told the story this morning. My wife's here now, so I have to be a little bit careful how I tell it. I was in Colorado Springs. We were down visiting. I don't know if it was a conference or whatever it was we were doing. But we got out. I was pulling into a parking lot. We were going to visit some people. We were going into a, into a, uh, a smoothie king to get a smoothie. And uh, I, I pull up, and I'm getting ready to back into I, I pulled forward. I was going to back into a spot. And, and some guy in a big four-wheel drive truck, some caco, he walks, pulls up. And, and you know what a caco is? You don't know what a caco is? He's got his head so high, he thinks he's the best. He's the baddest. Ain't nobody going to mess with him. He thinks he's everything. Doesn't have a wife, doesn't have a girlfriend because he doesn't know how to treat her. Ooh, my flesh is getting wild right now. <laughs> so this guy, I, I just barely honked my horn. I'm going to be honest before God. My wife knows my heart. I was not honking like, get out of my way. It wasn't like that. 
It was a honk of, hey, I'm back in. I'm going to back in. Just letting them know, being polite, saying, hey, you know, beep, beep, like my little horn. You know, I just was backing into a spot. This guy roared up his engine. He backed up. I didn't think nothing of it. We pulled into the spot. We get out of the car. I'm walking across to grab my bride's hand. We're going to walk into this store. And all of a sudden, this big, overgrown um, Macedonian walked up into my face. I had no clue this was coming. And I'm, I'm standing there, and, you know, my flesh is starting to boil. And I'm very, I'm very grateful to God that I have a little bit of common sense left in me. Because this guy was like six foot seven. He, I mean, I was teasing Gino this morning when he was here because, oh, Jacob's here. I can mess with Jacob now. You know, they walk like this. It's not on purpose. They just got so many muscles, they, don't, they can't control them. But this man was six foot five, six, 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 seven. As a matter of fact, my hair barely touched his chin when I was looking up at him. And this guy was in my face. He had his shoulders out like that. I mean, you know, they got to have, you know, they got to walk like they're big, you know? Not you, brother, but them. And they were walking. He was walking up to me. And it's embarrassing for both of us to watch this because this man's probably in his late 40s, maybe mid-40s. And his dad is there. His dad's in his 80s, 70s maybe, drunker than skunks. And this man gets, jumps out, runs across the, the truck and jumps in front of my face, stands in front of me and starts going off on me. And I said, dude, your breath stinks. Get out of my face. And I'm standing there, you know, I'm like trying to puff my little muscles up, you know. Looking up at this guy, my wife is saying, oh, don't worry. It's not even worth it. She's got my hand. We're just, she starts to pull me off. And all of a sudden, she rips her hand out of my hand, and she's going after the guy. <laughs> you know what? You're just a jerk. And you're just, I mean, I can't even tell you all the things she said. She, was, she stayed saved. I promise you that. <laughs> but she's trying to break me up from fighting for some, with somebody. And then I turn around, and she's yanking away from me to go fight for me. That's what I'm talking about today. Somebody was messing with her man, hallelujah, and she said, it ain't going to happen. I mean, I'd like to say that my limp went away and all that stuff, but I was like, who shalabaka? Lord, heal me, God, so I can run from this guy. But I didn't need that. All I needed was a wife to turn around and fight for me. Hallelujah, amen. But listen to me. Your wife's not going to fight for you if you ain't treating her right. Your wife's not going to stand up for you. She's not going to encourage you if she has nothing to encourage. And, but, but don't let me beat you down, man. Listen, we need to be encouragers as well. You know, we need to be the encourager. And as long as you're always encouraging and as, always, as long as you're always lifting somebody up, uh, listen, God, uh, he will vindicate you. He will lift you up. Uh, he will lead you in the right way. He will guide you. Hallelujah. When you're in the storm, praise the Lord, he will help you. Even if he has to send your wife to fight your battles for you. This ain't the first time it's ever happened. But sometimes, you know, we think we're all that, and we, you know, we got to say what we got to say, and then all of a sudden it turns around and it gets you. And I thank God that my wife is a fighter, amen? I don't know about you, but for me, that's all I can take in this world is what's going on. I can't take it anymore. I remember years ago, Pastor Dustin was preaching a sermon. He, he pastored in, 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 in Los Cuadros, Costa Rica, and, and, you know, he preached a sermon that I never, ever, ever forgot. He came back to the States, and he preached his message in the home church. It was, devil, I'm sick and tired of you. Sick and tired of you. Aren't you sick and tired of the devil picking on you? Aren't you sick and tired? Well, I don't live my life where the devil bothers me. Well, maybe you're just so naive to the devil picking on you that you just don't realize that he is. 
But I got news for you. When you start to do something for God, the devil, he has your number and he's coming for you. He doesn't want you to serve God. He wants you to serve him. He wants the party to be in his backyard. Hallelujah. But God says, no. He says, you're a child of mine. And if you'll follow me, I'll help you. I'll encourage you and I'll get you through. Many times we go through life, we're so beat up because we're not rising up. And I say today, it's time to rise up. It's time to fight. Hallelujah. It's time to step into the ring. Hallelujah. Put those boxing gloves on. You ever seen a fight and there's one guy that's just in shape and he looks so good and then there's this other guy on the other side. He's a chubby dude and, and you say, man, this thing's over. Well, guess what? Don't put it past that little chubby dude. Amen. He's a fighter. Matter of fact, I remember one time when I was young, I was probably in my late high school days. Actually, it was college days. And I got beat up by a guy. Stand up, little man. Yes. He was about this man's size right here. He hit me one time and knocked me cold. I don't even remember getting up. You can sit back down. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> that size right there. I was 6'1", probably at that time, 220 pounds. I actually looked all right then. I didn't have this fight with food then. And I walked up to this kid to pick on him, and all he did was hit me one time. I don't remember the rest of the story. But I'm smart enough to tell you this side of it. I learned a valuable lesson that day. It don't matter how big they are. Amen. God will show you who you really are or who you really aren't. So I'm sick and tired of letting all these things go on around me. Listen, I like what it says in the New Living Translation. That's why I wrote it. I put it in the New Living in Nehemiah 4, 14. It says, then as I looked over the situation, I called together the leaders and all the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy because guess what? He's coming through. He's coming for you. But don't be afraid of the enemy. He says, remember the Lord who is great and glorious and go fight for your friends. Go fight for your families. Go fight for your sons. Go fight for your daughters. Go fight for your husband, your wife, and your brothers, and your sisters, and your homes. Amen? Go fight for them. You know what? When we were going through our situation, I'm just going to share this. This is a very personal story that I made public a long time ago. We were going through a situation with our daughter. We didn't lay down and let the devil beat us up. We understood that the devil was attacking our daughter. We understood the circumstances. We understood what was happening. We knew exactly that the devil had his teeth out and his claws out and was, was gnawing at her. We knew, we knew what was going on. We understood it. Listen, don't think for a moment that as your child, if your child is not serving God today, that the devil doesn't have his claws in that child's life. And that somebody is in that life as well to influence in a bad way the situation. And we understood it. We prayed it. We called on God. We said, Lord, whatever it takes, God, do it to make it happen, God, but spare her life, oh, Lord. We suffered a long time with it. It was probably, what, four or five years. It was five years of, of, of turmoil and, and trying to love and trying to encourage at the same time of being angry. How many know that when you're angry, sometimes you hurt people? When you're angry and you're hurt, uh, you live a life, it's a little bit different. You react different to things and, and you say things that you don't really mean. And, and sometimes you, you act different and things don't always come out the way you want them to come out. Uh, and we were that way as parents because we were trying to make a point. But when you're trying to make a point, sometimes the other side doesn't want to see it because they're, they're, the, the devil has a foothold. 
But we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we believed and we stood on God's word. And let me tell you something. One day came and my daughter just called us and she said, listen, Dad, I want you to know that things are different. And I don't believe that that is me. I don't believe that's who I am. I don't believe this. I don't believe that. I was like, honey, what are you saying to me? I said, these are all the things that I was telling you. These are all the things that your mother was sharing with you and trying to get you to understand. But she said, but dad, I wasn't hearing it. But don't worry about it anymore, dad, because that is not me. This is who I am now. And this is what I want. And this is what I'm going to do. And guess what? God has helped her, encouraged her, strengthened her, built her up, made her feel worth, made her feel value in who she is and understand that he has a purpose for her. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't give up on your kids, amen? Don't give up on them. Just understand that there's an enemy that's out to get them, but you got to get sick and tired of sin. And you got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired and then sick and tired again. That's how the devil works. He's going to see you gain a little bit of leverage in your life, and then he's coming back after you again. He says, oh, I know what hurts you the most. I'm going I'm to touch your child. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this and that. And before we know it, we're so bound up in trying to fix what the devil's trying to destroy, and we forget about who we are in God. I got news for you today. Don't be afraid of the devil. Don't be afraid of the devil. Listen, the devil, he is not all-powerful. He is not, he will not and does not win in the end. Glory to God. He must flee when you rebuke him. That means when you have power and authority in your life in God, you say, devil, I rebuke you and I bind you in the name of Jesus. I cast you in the lake of fire. You have no place, no power over me. I am a child of the living God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Give him praise this morning. He's under our feet. Did you know that the devil's under your feet? Oh, some of us say, oh, yeah, he is right now, but not tomorrow. Keep your foot on him. Smash him like you smash a bug. Some of you ladies, I've seen you kill bugs, spiders. Some of you hate spiders so bad, you make sure that you kill it good. You got it, and you're just killing it, killing it good. You even get stuff out to burn it and magnifying glasses. Do everything you can because you hate it so bad. That's the way we need to be with the devil. We need to make sure that we stomp him good. Don't just put a foot on him, but keep your foot on him. Hallelujah. Tell him you're defeated. You're under my feet, devil. You have no power and no authority over me. Amen. But the good news today is we need to remember who God is. Do you know who God is in your life? Oh, I'll tell you, I can remember the day that he saved me. I can remember the day that, listen, I know people say, oh, it's jailhouse religion. Oh, you, you got saved because you fell in love with a girl. You can call it what you want, but she watched me like a hawk, didn't you, hon? She watched how I praised God in church. You know, you find those boys that come to church for a girl. She's on this side. His eyes closed on this side. This one's looking. He's got this hand up. Oh, this one's up. He's looking around. Oh, I'm serious about this. You think we don't look at you, boys, coming in here trying to date these girls? Every one of you dating, I ask you, you keeping your hands off of her? I should be asking the girls. You keeping your hand off of him. But it's serious business. 
This is serious stuff here. We're not just coming to church to say, hey, I went to church today. No, this is because we're, we're getting in this place trying to rebuild what's happened in our lives and all that the devil's destroyed in us. We're here because we remember what God did in our lives. He brought us from this wicked world, brought us into the house of the Lord, hallelujah, gave us friends that love us. I'm going to chase that rabbit for just a moment too. We're not in the world. We don't have worldly friends anymore. Yeah, we say hi to them. We talk to them. We're not mean to them. But we don't hang out with the worldly people. Let me say that again. We don't hang out with the worldly people. The ones that are going to take our wives from us. The ones that are going to, you know, they, they don't care about you. But let me talk about friendships in the church for just a moment. This ain't even in my notes. This is free. Let's talk about friendships in the church. You know that there are people in this church that they, they feel like you don't like them? Did you know that? Man, i got to make sure there's people here. Let me get my glasses back on. Okay, all right. We got people in here. Did you know that there are people in this church right now sitting in this service? You're wondering where your friends are in the church. This is a serious thing. There's cliques. There's so many gatherings and groups. and we, You know, we, we join. We go. We go. We just go. I've heard people, so many people say, well, I never got invited to Family Fun Day, Sunday Fun. Let's, guess what? You're invited. You need to get on the app, I'm telling you. Go find somebody, get on the app. It's, this ain't a one-man show. This is all of us. We're in the same business together. This is fellowship for all of us. Listen, if you don't feel loved, it's because maybe you're not loving somebody. Hallelujah. Go find somebody and encourage and shake their hand and say, how are you doing today? Well, nobody takes me to lunch. Can I, can I be honest with you? I've been here for five years, almost four years, maybe five. And from a church service, and I'm not, I'm not saying this for y'all to take me out to eat because I love my bed on Sundays, okay? I go home and I like to go to bed. Well, we've been here for almost five years, at least four years for sure. We've been, we've been out to lunch after a church service maybe five times in five years with anybody. And that's people that ask us to go out. But what about you or me going and asking somebody else. Instead of saying, well, oh, nobody invites me. Nobody, nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody asks me to go out and eat. My wife and I, we've gone home and cried about it a few times. It hurts. It hurts you. It hurts everybody. I'm not saying to, you know, just invite the pastor every week out to eat. Yeah, that's not what we're talking. We're not trying to get anything out of you. I'm trying to encourage you to love somebody. For you to be the person to say, hey, listen, I haven't gotten to meet you yet, man. I'd really like to take you out. Let's go. Hey, listen, I can't afford to pay for your lunch, but can you afford to pay for your own? See, because we think, oh, because you say, let's go to lunch, you got to pay for it. Listen, I'm very smart with my money. I say, hey, can you afford to go out to have lunch? I called John up once in a while. I said, John, let's go eat lunch, man. He goes, yeah, let's go. He'll pay one time, I'll pay another. We don't go often. We've gone maybe a couple times where we've gone now. Somebody else. <clears throat> Ray Polk, where's he at? Is he working somewhere? Ray Polk, we go out to eat. We've been buddies for 23 years. Guess what? Ray pays for his food. I pay for mine. We don't have to ask each other, but sometimes you have to say it. Sometimes you have to say, hey, listen, I can't afford to go out. Listen, guys, I'm not trying to change the subject here of the, of the message, but I'm saying that this is important for our church. This is important for who we are and what we are. Listen, don't let everybody around you have fun and, and, and enjoy the goodness of God when you can be enjoying the goodness of God with them. Yeah. 
Amen. Today, Sunday fun day. You got a billboard, billboard for that? While I'm advertising, I might as well talk about it a little bit. I'm sure she's got one. Look at it. Sunday fun day. Victory World Outreach. Hallelujah. 325 East Hundley Drive. Lake Dallas, Texas, 75065. If you can't afford to bring nothing, just let us know. Because I'm sure this is the most giving church I've ever been a part of. These people, I'm telling you what, these guys get on that grill. They just start cooking. They don't care who's eating it. Because it's all about the fellowship. You know that we're hurting people. And we, we enjoy being around each other. You need to make it a point. Listen, I see wives show up without their husbands. No, get that old man up out of that bed and say, come on, we're going to Sunday fun day. My wife tells me, you're not going to lay in this bed all day long. We're going to go to Sunday fun day. I said, no, go ahead, honey. It's all right. You go without me. No, we're going to Sunday fun day. All right, let's go. But be encouraged. Know that God is doing something in you. Know that God wants to work in you, and he wants to shape and mold you. And maybe you can be a help to somebody who is struggling and going through a hard time. Listen, we are a discouraged people at times. Amen? Especially if you got a problem at home, and then you come to church and you got the same problem. You're like, well, my wife don't want to be with me, but nobody else wants to be with me either. And some people just go out and make a mess of themselves. And that's what we got to stop ourselves from doing. You can't be the superhero of your family and protect the home and protect your daughters and your children and your sons and your grandchildren if you're, if you're not strong enough to stand and defend the devil against what he's trying to do against your home. Amen? You need to be the leader and say, well, we can't afford to go out to eat, but maybe we can have somebody over and eat with us. Maybe we can fellowship at the house or maybe, listen, Tuesday night, newcomers. How many people right now, you've been in this church one year or less, just lift your hand, even if if it's your first day. Okay, I'm expecting to see every single one of you this Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We have a newcomer's dinner. If you've been here a year, if you've been here a year and a month, a year and two months, I want you to be here. And I want you, do you have that clip on on that computer as well? I want you, listen, this is a good day, hallelujah. This is what we're all about. We're going to put this up here. I want you after church. This is going to be up here. If you're new, you've been here. I'm going to say a year and two months, three months. You're new to this church, and you want to get to know some people. You click on this thing after church, whatever you call that thing. You click on it. I think you have to take a picture of it if I'm somewhat remembering. But you do that, and then you go on and you register. And you go on there and you say, I want to bring this because I'm the best. Irene, is Irene here? She was here in the first service. Man, I wanted her to come and cook something. That girl can cook. How many ladies you can cook? Oh, hallelujah. Yes, glory to God. Listen, sign up. Click on this. Sign up. Put your name, what you're going to bring, and tell us all about it so we can expect it. So we can just be slobbering over it till Tuesday. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to fellowship. We're not going to preach at you and beat you down. We're going to love on you. We want to get to know you. Our Bible studies, our leaders are going to be here, the ones that are available, our small groups, I'm sorry, but they're going to be here to encourage and just love on you, and, and, and we want to grow this church. That's what it's all about, amen? So we need to know that God is great, and he's glorious, and, and God is powerful, and he's all-knowing. He has a way to work in us. You know, listen to this. Fight for your families and for your homes. 
The scripture is plain as day. If you won't stand and fight for what you believe in, then you'll fall for anything. Nehemiah 4.17, it says, Those who built the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with the one hand they worked at construction and with the other hand they held a weapon. How in the world are we going to have, you know, I'm reading the scripture and I'm thinking to myself, they loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction. That means they had a power tool in their hand. They had a trowel in their hand. They were working. And with the other hand they held a weapon. How in the world are we going to have a construction tool in our hand and a weapon in the other hand if we got a cell phone in our hand? I mean, my goodness, you get up to go to the bathroom, you grab your phone. As a matter of fact, you, you don't just leave it on the table, you turn it over. This thing is a god to a lot of people. I mean, this thing, this thing is, is controlling our lives. We can't even fight the enemy today because we're too busy. Hold on, devil, i got to take care of something real quick. Amen? My wife is studying, and I'm going to end this service in just a moment, but, you know, my wife is studying this book, and she's got a couple ladies that she's doing this with here, and she's really enjoying it, and it's early in the morning on a Saturday, and no, you can't join right now, but if you want to, talk to her. But right now, they're studying, and I got to thinking about Christians that really struggle in their lives. Christians that are I'm not going to say that they're weak, but they're just struggling. They let the devil control them in certain areas. Right now, she's studying, I think this last week, she studied a book. Um, she studied the names of God is what they're studying. And nobody has to say nothing, but, but in this particular week, they studied Adonai, one of the names of God. And what touched me so much is it's understanding that God, Adonai, this name of God, that it's so powerful that it's, it's, he's Lord and he's master of your life. See, a lot of times we forget that he is the Lord and he's the master of our life. Sometimes he's just a, 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 a cross or sometimes he's just an idol up on, or, or something that we know. It's, it's a Bible that sits on a shelf all week long until we come to church on Sunday. That's not Lord and master. You know, when, when people are reading the word of God and they still live like the devil, there's a problem. They're not letting the word of God read them. Amen? My wife made that very clear point to me. She says, well, maybe, you know, people have to let the Word of God read them. And it's hard to explain that. How, how do I read God's Word? But some people think they have to read 10, 15, 20 chapters or spend three or four hours. I know a guy reads 10 hours of the Bible a day. Every day. But he's no more saved than the man on the moon. He's no more saved than you and I today. But if you don't read the Word and let the Word read you and apply it to your life and say, you know what, I'm going to live this righteous way. I'm going to make wise decisions. I'm going to say no to sin. I'm going to say yes to God. I'm going to say yes to everything that has authority in my life, but I'm going to say no to the things that, that the devil is going to bring my way. Listen, the devil will throw everything, and he will even disguise those things to make them look like it's from God. He'll push it in your face. He'll make you feel like, oh my goodness, this is God all the way. Listen, the walls of Jerusalem, they had been broken down and they had been burned to the ground. In this story that I'm reading. But in the, this very moment, God put into the heart of Nehemiah to rebuild this city. Now, can you imagine, you know, things are happening. The walls have been broken down and God speaks to the prophet. God speaks to you and he says, this is what I want you to do. I remember just last week, pastor was preaching, you know, you walk by somebody and God says, you know, you ought to witness to those people and you don't do it. 
Listen, it's not condemnation. It's not saying, you know what, now, now there's no hope for you and your failure because you didn't do what God told you to do. No, God is trying to teach us something, that he wants to be Lord and master of our life. He's trying to make us understand that, listen, it's not about the rules and the regulations, but it's about, am I Lord and am I master of your life? Do you just, do you love me or do you just say that you love me? Do you want me or do you just say that you want me? Oh, do you feel my presence or do you just say you felt my presence? And too many people are saying, you know, I feel God. Oh, God told me. God said this. God did this. No, no, no. But you're living in a way that God is not the one speaking to you. Maybe it's the conviction of God that's saying, you know what? You need to do this, do this, make this different. And, and, and God says, I'll bless you. But the devil's always going to be there to say, listen. Oh, don't listen to God. That wasn't God's voice. We, get, we have to be strong in the, ways, in the way of the Lord. We got to trust him. And in just a moment, we're going to pray. I'm not going to keep her playing long. I promise that. You see, this was not an easy task for him. As he was, you know, something that should have taken years only took him 52 days. God was behind this. See, when God gets in your situation, things that are supposed to take years only take days. Things that are supposed to take years only take minutes because God is all-knowing, all-powerful. All, all, all oh, he's everything. Glory to God. If we would just listen to him. So the enemy, what he did is he attacked them from every direction. But Nehemiah said something very important in Nehemiah 4, 14. He said, do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, and fight for your brethren. Every single day of our lives, we face a new trial. And if you haven't yet, you will. You'll face one. And if you're not strong in the Lord, if you're not listening to God's voice, if you're not doing what God says, and, 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 and if you're not strong and where you're able to say, you know what, I'm not going to take myself. I'm not going to let myself go there. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to fight through this. I know what's right, and I know what's wrong. You know, the Bible is very clear. It says there's a wide path and that there's a narrow path. I want to ask you this morning, what path do you want to be on today? You don't want to be on the tightrope. Tightrope's a dangerous place to be. Because <laughs> you're not going up, you're only going down if you fall. I want to be on that narrow path where I know for sure that God is leading me and directing me. Where I can feel his presence where I can understand and know, even though I'm exhausted, I'm fighting, I'm working, I'm, 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 I'm resisting the devil, I'm, I'm plowing, I'm pushing forward, there's, there's things coming against me, there's all kinds of turmoil in front of me, but I'm making it because I trust God at his word. I trust him. He says very clearly in this scripture right here, he says, do not be afraid of them. Remember that the Lord, when you're at battle, when you're swinging that hammer, oh, I'm telling you what, when you're building that wall, when you're fighting the enemy back, uh, just know that God is with you. God, uh, he sent his armies, hallelujah, to fight the battle with you. Glory to God. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed in this moment in reverence to God. You say, why do you talk about the enemy so much? It's because he's real. So many people in this world, they're, they're so willing to accept whatever in their life. I can remember 
just a few months back, a young man came in this church. I took him out in that parking lot. God showed me something. And I spoke it right to him. And when I spoke it, this man looked me in the eyes. He said, how did you know? I said, well, I didn't know, but I do know. Because God showed me something. I said, if you don't stop now, if you don't say no to the devil, there's an end to this story. Little did I know that that man would not be taking a breath today. Little did I know that the devil was going to creep in. Although we understand it, sometimes we don't take repercussions. We don't, we don't, we don't defend it. We don't, we don't fight it. We, 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 we say, oh, I can get away with this just one more time. Let me tell you something. When drugs is your life, it's what it is. It becomes your life. And when drugs become someone's life, alcohol, I, I can name every sin in the book. We know what sin is. We try to justify what it is. But God says, just trust me. Let me fight for you. Let me fight with you. Let me go before you, he says, and let me fight your battles. Listen, if we would just understand that he has already done that, he's fought our battles for us. He loves us. God wants you to live. He doesn't want you to die. He wants you to make heaven your home. It's for all of us, every person in this place. There's people in here today. You're not saved. And I want to make an opportunity for you right now. You say, I'm not saved this morning, Pastor. I want you to pray for me. I want to give Jesus my life today. If that's you, just put your hand up right now all over this place. Put it up and put it right back down. Praise God. I see these hands. Honest hearts in this place today. How many more? From left to right, front to back. How many? You're here. You say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. I'm, I'm away from the Lord. I got sin in my life. I, I, I need to make a public confession and give my life to Jesus Christ today. If that is you, just put it up and put it right back down. You're on the verge of, of, of losing everything in your life because of your stubbornness, your selfishness, and, and, and you know deceiving spirits that, that, that are not from God. Those are from the devil. You say, I want to be saved today. If that's you, just put it up. Amen. I see these hands. Matter of fact, I want you to put it up high. Put it up high. Put it up high. Yes, there it is. There it is. How many more in this place? Praise God. Let's all stand. I see these hands. Praise God. I see this hand. I want, I want you to do one more thing. You raise your hand. I want you to come down to this altar real quick. I want to pray for you. Come on. Let me tell you something about my God. Oh, God, help us. Casey and Ruth, I want you to come down here and pray with this family right behind them.
with, with Jerry and Veronica, please. These two couples, I want you both to look up at me. These two couples right here, whew, I can't even tell you what God's done for them. You guys are a charm in God's eyes. Look up at me, buddy. You guys are gems in God's eyes. I've seen, listen, if God can save me, he can save anybody. Let me tell you something. You boys right here, man, your future is bright. Your future is so bright. Because you know what? When you serve God and you surrender to God, it's not about where you've been, but it's about who you are today. It's not about what you did yesterday. Sarah, it's not about what we did yesterday. It's today. It's today. This guy right here, Jerry, he's got more knots on his head than anybody I know. But that man loves the Lord. I weep in my spirit. I'm thinking, looking at all of you guys and just thinking about what God. And then Brenda, to boot, she's up here to pray for somebody, but God did a miracle in Brenda's life. I believe if, well, if Paul wasn't your husband, but, but if God wasn't her God, she'd be karate chopping everybody today. But look at this. You're up here with familiar people. This is, we're all the same. Everyone, and you're just the honest ones because there's some out there that didn't raise their hand. But listen, God's got a plan for us. Today, right now, this day, moment, right? Boom, right now. You know what? Israel's about to blow some bombs, throw some bombs over yonder, and somebody's going to get a wake-up call. We don't want that kind of a wake-up call. God has bombs too. Did you know that? He got some big ones. And when he throws his bombs, you don't want to be anywhere around it. You don't want to be anywhere around it. We need a miracle today. I want us to pray. I want you to just put your hands towards them. Reach your hands this direction. We're going to open the altar in just a moment. But reach your hands towards these that, are coming, that have come down to this altar. And we're going to pray for God's resurrection power. Hallelujah. Let's pray right now. Say, Heavenly Father. I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Come on, I want you to shout it out here. That ain't enough. And be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Make me a brand new person. From this moment forward, I will serve you with my whole heart. I will not look back. I will look forward. And I will give you praise, Lord. And I will thank you every day for saving me, for setting me free, for delivering me, for breaking the bondage of sin in my life, for using me in only the way you can use me, Lord. And I thank you in advance, and I praise you for it right now, and I give you glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.